got a little sort of Beach Boy thing happening there. Huh. It's way better than that stuff you picked. I did not pick that stuff. Just suggesting. It was Blair, so you picked it. It's Friday. It's Blair and Barker. Optimistic Friday. Huh. Let me give you some numbers for Optimistic Friday because I'm an optimist. Yeah. Here's some numbers. 215, 215, 241, 156, 235, 226. That is the batting average of Vladdy, Bo, Gurriel, Springer, Chapman, and Teoscar Hernandez at Tropicana Field. Um, career batting averages. And in some cases, obviously, the sample sizes differ. Uh, Bo has struck out 26 times and walked four. <laughs> Vladdy struck out 26 times and walked 10. Let's just forget about Teoscar. And so Springer. you say they just get back on the plane and... No, but well, here here's the question that I that I will ask ahead of uh, today's first of three games, tonight's first of three games against the Tampa Bay Rays. Kevin Gossman and Drew Rasmussen, uh, seven o'clock on uh, Sportsnet five ninety, the fan, and on Sportsnet television. Uh, we've talked about how different the balls are this year, the humidor, the feel of the balls, et cetera, et cetera. Dead ball, etc. Yeah, we've et made every excuse. We've made every to we've help made, them out. We've made every excuse. Absolutely. Pretty much. At what point, Kevin, do or at what point does a hitter's career numbers in a ballpark not matter? Or is that something hitters don't look? Don't you know hit, hitters don't look at? I think they always matter. When you're on the plane, you're so riding you know to you're Tampa. going into Tampa. Two fifteen, oh, you know you're having trouble. Something there, you know, it's it's uh, it has a lot to do with how the pitching is. The pitching that the of Rays have had are really yes. good, and they match up really well against a bunch of right-handed hitters who overswing and chase occasionally, and they match up really well about that. And and they have some really good stuff. They throw hard, they locate, they get ahead, which is exactly what good pitching staffs all try and do. Yeah, you know that for a fact of who you're facing and. On top of it, I do think there's a little something in that park that, you know, it's the backdrop. I, I have heard that again. I can't say that because I've other never people, stood in the box there. Have but I have that. talked to a lot of hitters who have played in that park who hate it. Now, they hate it a lot more because the pitching's really good. Yeah. That's more of what, well, what it is. You know, there's not a whole lot of hanging breaking balls happening in that park because the pitching's real so good. But – they absolutely know what it is, and they know how they've gotten off to this kind of start, and they know what they're doing wrong, and they know if they go in there and continue to do the exact same thing, there's a good solid chance that they could get swept. Well, let's <clears> – tonight they have Kevin Gossman on the mound. Tomorrow it's Hyun Jin Ryu. Sunday it's Alec Manoa against Jeffrey Springs. There's a TBC to be confirmed for the Rays on Saturday. <laughs> With the Rays, who knows? It could be Brett Phillips. Um, <laughs> if you were going to pick a day to start Brett Phillips, a start That's against Hyunjin Ryu it. would be the day to do it, probably. <laughs> Tonight, they're facing a guy in Drew Rasmussen who, just in time for the Blue Jays, has decided that one slider wasn't enough. He's now got a second slider. He's got a sweeping slider that he throws that he added in spring training. He's still working on it. And then he's got what he calls his cuttery slider, which is the slider he's always had, and he's trying to tighten that a bit. So two things here, Kevin. One, how do the, how do how have teams been getting the Jays out this year? Uh, fastballs away, sliders, sliders away. away. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a guy though that is it, his last three outings have been two against Seattle, 
not a bad team, but two against Seattle, one against Oakland. So if you're the Blue Jays and you know, and I know they've got the video and everything, but you've got a guy who's kind of developing a pitch in season. Does that change your approach at all against Drew Rasmussen? I've told you this many times, and and I respect the person's name that I'm about to say, Marquise Grissom. And and when I was coming up, he would give me lots of advice. And the one piece of advice that he gave me a lot that I remember to this day was, you're not going to make a living off hitting the breaking ball. Why would I even think about a different slider that the guy's got? If somebody else – okay, I wrote down the stats. Versus the slider off of Drew Rasmussen this year – Hitters are hitting 140. Right. So if I'm on a plane coming to Tampa, I had spent my off day at home because most of the Blue Jays live in Tampa anyway or in Florida somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're sitting at home, and they read the same exact thing that you just read, that Drew's got two different sliders. One, he looks like a cutter. One that's a little bit bigger than sweeping. That he wants. Basically what that is is so he can locate one, one he puts away guys with, one he locates with to steal a strike with. Mm-hmm. That's basically what he's saying without saying it. I just looked up the stat that nobody else can hit it. Why do I think all of a sudden I can hit it? So to answer your question is, you don't even think about that. You try, I know he throws a lot of sliders. Like he throws more sliders. It's, it's basically he is a slider four-seam cutter guy to right-handed hitters in that order. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll throw about 33% of both four-seamer and slider, but that higher 33% is that slider. Why try and hit it? Like, unless it starts at you and you know that thing's breaking middle of the plate, early in account, why even, why even if you can recognize it out of a hand, why even try and go for it? That gets back to that confidence and that mechanically sound at the plate and – you know, a lot of this is what, what the Blue Jays are going through as a whole, as a lineup, is this doesn't bode well. This is one of those games where I, can they go the other way? Or am I just coming on here going, saying these kind of things to let the ball travel and think right center? Are they capable of doing that in big league parks? A- answer that question for me. If the answer to that is no, then you crowd the plate to try and pull everything and you take your chances that way. And maybe that's the team they are. Maybe they're not a team that can take what the pitcher gives you String together three or four hits in a row, and then somebody runs into one, and that's how they're scoring four, five, six runs an inning. Are they capable of doing that? Right now, you'd say no to that. Uh, we've got a really good show for you today. Mark Budzinski is a Blue Jays' first base coach. He's also their outfield coach. He'll join us at 11 o'clock, and we'll talk about well, we'll talk about playing at Tropicana Field mm-hmm. and some of the issues it can create for teams. Uh, Brian Anderson, again, one of our favorites, Rays TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. He'll be along at 11.25. And at 10.35, June Lee, staff writer with ESPN, will join us. He just did a, a deep dive on or into Pitchcom. And the early feedback, probably no surprise, the early feedback six weeks into the season is that an awful lot of people really like it. Well, pitchers Especially like it. pitchers. Uh, some of them, there are holdouts. Kendall Graveman and Alec Manoa are among a group of pitchers that have no interest. They're trying to kill hitters. Every, every advantage <laughs> known to man goes to to the pitcher. Why, why try to give a Why try to give a hitter any advantage whatsoever? Yeah. Anyhow, well, that's true. Yeah, except Pitchcom is. I I would argue that the hitters brought on Pitchcom themselves Did by they? stealing signs. No, it wasn't a it wasn't the pitchers that were stealing signs. Yeah, it was it wasn't so much the hitter. It was. 
It was people that weren't in the box. It was people standing at second. It's, That's, it's, yeah, it's but the, the khaki stealing. The dude standing at stuff mechanically yeah. at, the, at the, you know, the guy standing on the mound. It, I mean, it, you got to have some advantage. It, it, listen. Can, can you blame him? I mean, listen, it, Kevin, it was good. When it comes to the shift and hard throwers and uh, getting a hit into the, at the big league level is not the easiest thing to do in 2022. I'm not saying banging trash cans is, is legit and you should ever do that. Absolutely not. It, uh, ridiculous, but it was going to happen eventually. I mean, it was. good God, the NFL's been using coach to quarterback communication since the 80s. It's not freaking rocket science. And I, I, I've talked about it for years. I just don't understand why you can't do that. And I'm, I'm being, I love right. how you brought that up. And I was just thinking of something when I, when I was listening to you talk there. How come they don't give umpires pitch calm? How much easier would their job be if they knew what was coming? If they could hear that Jordan Romano or Jose Barrios was spinning his breaking ball and they knew because of where the catcher's setting up and where this thing's coming because I know the breaking ball's coming, maybe that makes it a little easier for them not to screw it up. Maybe. Why, why, why wouldn't you give them the I think ability the more, to wear that more? It's like anything else. The more people you have involved in it, the great. I would presume the more people you have involved in it, the greater the I, chance of, of it being hacked. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You I, like I, it I or do you dislike no, it? No, I don't like it. You don't like giving an umpire another chance to, to, no, I, to the, not look like a fool? No, we're, we're complicating it. We've talked about this. Are the we? easiest thing to do, the easiest thing to do with umpires is have an automated balls and strikes. It just is. It just is. That, and that's happening. And it's it's dumb to talk about it because it's going to happen at some point, if not this year or next year. You're going to have an automated balls well, and strikes. Well, until it actually happened, I, I would think you'd want to not make them look like they've been looking Man, the last I would 30 be, games to start the season I would here. be willing to bet if you went to Pete Walker and said, hey, we're going to let umpires listen in on... Yeah, I don't think too many... I don't think too many pitching coaches or too many pitchers would want the umpire hearing what they're going to think. Yeah, Pete Walker's so. probably not the best Frank, the best guy to ask that because no, I don't, I don't think there's, any there's, of them. there's a lot of pitching I, coaches who are not big fans of umpires. I don't think any of them. I don't think any of them would. I don't think any of them would. Anyhow, um, so June Lee will join us and uh, we'll talk a little more about uh, about PitchCon. As I said, I like it because it it does what it's supposed to do. It's, it speeds up the game, um, and it doesn't detract from the game. I don't think it detracts from the game. It doesn't detract from the strategy of the game. So, uh, and that's usually what I'm concerned about whenever, whenever things get uh, made up. Hyunjin Ryu, we mentioned, is expected to start tomorrow, which would mean Ross Stripling. I presume would mean Ross Stripling piggyback, piggyback situation. <laughs> I was going to say goes back in the bullpen, but piggyback. Uh, yeah, stay piggyback warm. Situation is what they're saying. Probably don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Stay. Make sure anywhere. you wear your spikes from the first inning on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's this is what, just, al what else can you say? This yeah. is just me. The, the way I know Pete Walker, as good as I think he is, and, and the job that he does to get everybody in the right positions mm -hmm. to be the best pitcher they can be, pitching's not going to be the Blue Jays' issue on why they don't either win the American League East or make the playoffs. It, it, it'll flip it right back around to what we all thought that they were the best at or one of the best teams at in baseball, which that is having that pass the baton with quality at bat that well, we're not seeing right now. Ryu, I think, has a little something to prove. I really oh, God, do. Just, he said just, to just, just, let, just to buy the – well, he does. I mean, he's got a couple more years left. Howard, you know, what is that, $37.5 million bucks? It's a lot of money to pay a guy that's on the back nine or even worse, walking up the 18th hole – 
to, to go, you know, finish out his career. He's got a little something to prove. Like, it's you want to help us or not? So I think just by that said, I know he takes pride in who he is and what he wants to be to finish his career. So I think we'll see a little bit better of that with location. Mile per hour, I don't look too much into that. But I think the, the location and the late movement on the cutter, I think that'll be a little bit better. But where's the offense? Can it get better? That's that's for me the big question. Yeah, and, and look, here's the way I look at it. If this if this if the starting pitching is what it is right now, it's good enough to win these. It is. It's good enough now, to win the, these. The bullpen, I believe, I do believe Ross, and I know probably he thinks the exact same thing that we think, and and Blue Jays fans think that that needs that needs some it needs some, it needs some it tender does. loving oh, care. It, it needs sure some does. TLC right now. Don't wait. Don't wait around. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it needs some TLC right now. But the yeah. the rotation. The rotation, I, I, it's, it's, it's good enough I'm to win. You. It's good enough to win the I'm, the AL East. I, I don't have you. any doubt about that. Me too. Uh, you're right. They, but they aren't going to win the AL East with the offensive profile they have right now. They just aren't. Good offenses aren't lasting anything, Jeff. Mm-mm. So, yeah, it, that that's, you know, and, and and in some ways, I guess if you're looking. If you're an optimist here, if you're looking for something to be optimistic about, um, you do have to think. Like I, I cannot imagine that every hitter on this team—Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Guriel, Teo—I just can't imagine that they're all going to slump all season long for 162 games. I, I just don't. We're already seeing signs of Bo coming out of it. Um, you know, I don't. And I, we've had a we've had a, a couple of things that have really kind of kind of puzzled me. Like mm-hmm. we really haven't had a an answer as to why Jordan Romano went all those days without pitching. Yeah. That's very unusual. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of odd stuff that has gone on with this team this year. I'm, they're just there has been. There's been a lot of really odd. Things. Uh, they play in the American see. League East. When you play in the American League East, and you said, well, I, I find it hard to believe that this team would struggle this many guys all year. They don't have to. American League East, you, they, the, the the Yankees are a really good team. You've, you've watched them play? They're, they're a really good team. So are the Rays, and the Rays haven't even figured out who they are as a team. They're Offensively, like they're hit or miss a lot of the times, and they're winning some of these games that they should be winning. Because they can pitch and they play good defense and they run the bases, not because they've been hitting. And what's going to happen when they get on a roll here? So it's, I'm with you, but I think there has been some surprises in other divisions in in the American League that now you know you got you got the Guardians, you you, you got the Twins. You know now you could have a couple of more teams fighting for playoff listen, spots that the, you didn't think was going to happen. Listen, which if the would Angels can one of the teams in the East, well, got to be better. I was about to better say, hurry up. I was about to say, if the Angels keep this going, there's yeah, another team. Absolutely. The Angels, because the the Angels and Astros aren't going away. They're both. It looks like. Well, I shouldn't say they're not going away, but the if they stay healthy, if they stay healthy, yeah, yeah. they're going to make the playoffs. Seattle, they can't sleep in Seattle. So you're looking at Houston, Angels, Seattle, the White Sox. Minnesota, you know, Cleveland's going to be in the fringes of that. And then you've got New York, Toronto, and uh, Tampa Bay. That's, by my finger count, nine teams vying for the playoffs. And a lot. And right now, right now, I would say if you look at those nine teams and you say which teams are most likely to make the playoffs, I would think you'd look at Yankees, Astros, and Angels right now. 
Looks that way. Doesn't mean that that isn't. That doesn't mean that won't that won't change in a week. But as we sit here right now, the Yankees look really good. The Astros are the Astros. They've been there, done it, and they're winning. And they look like they've got that formula back. And Justin Verlander looks like he's he's a Cy Young winner. And the Angels have two two of the greatest players, two of the greatest professional athletes around right now, in Otani and Trout. And who the hell knows what happens? They're getting t- Tyler. Uh, they're getting a surprise at award. It's good. Good teams beat teams they 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 are supposed to beat. We haven't really seen the Blue Jays play those teams yet because of the schedule that they started off with. But they're going to have some teams coming up here that they are supposed to beat. And I'm not talking about winning series. Yeah, I'm, talking I'm talking about, about you know stepping on some necks and 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 announcing your presence with authority, that kind of thing. And that's that what that's what good teams do. That's what the Yankees been doing. That's what the, the, you could throw the Angels in there. That's what yeah. they've been doing. The Astros now in May, that's what they're doing. They're starting to find their way. Guys are hitting. You know, it's no more excuses in Astro land. So I think that's what the Blue Jays need to. It's American League East. Got to put your big boy pants on. Indeed, they do. And it must also be said that the Jays, I, I think a lot of people overestimated the Boston Red Sox because one of the things we looked at with the Yankees is we said, yeah, but the Yankees had all those games against Baltimore and Baltimore stinks. That's true, although Baltimore is better now. Mm-hmm. But the Jays played Boston when Boston stunk too and had a whole mess of issues with their pitching. So I think maybe we took a little, you know, we've been saying, well, the Jays have faced all this tough pitching and they have mm-hmm. and they've faced all these tough teams and they have, but they also got the Red Sox at a down. They really got the Red Sox at a down period. Um, anyhow, we shall see this. The, we know one thing, these three games against the Rays are going to be really good games. There's always weird stuff that happens in these games. Um, they're usually close, mm. but, um, it's the Rays, and you know that be prepared for anything, be prepared for anything with them. I want to talk a little bit about, um, the hitting coaches with the Ooh. Jays because it's something that that both Kevin and myself have had a lot of uh, a lot of fee- a, a lot of people talk about both uh, reaching out to us on social media SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle and 59590 is a text line or Blue Jays talk as well and it seems like every day when I ask for Barker's back leg bit somebody brings this up uh, about the Blue Jays hitting coaches now they've got three well they got one Guillermo Martinez is the hitting coach Hunter Mintz is the assistant hitting coach, and I think he's got a minor league title as well. And Dave Hudgens is the hitting strategist. So they've essentially got three guys involved in this. Now, the first thing we got to say about hitting coaches is I'm going to borrow something that Kevin has always said. Your first point of contact if you're a player is the hitting coach. Right. You spend more time with the hitting coach than you do with the man. You don't want to see the manager, basically. All you want the manager to do is walk by and tap you and say, hey, good game, and go. You never want to talk to the manager. So your first point of contact is the hitting coach. Secondly, and I, I always feel like I have to mention this because hitting coaches aren't offensive coordinators. And it, it amazes me how many times people say, well, fire the hitting coach because eight guys are scuffing. Well, this isn't the, – the hitting coach isn't designing the type of offense – you were going to use necessarily. And, it, you know, it's not like fire the offensive coordinator so we can get a new guy in who works better with the quarterback. It doesn't work that way. So you have to throw those things out there. But I am going to ask you, Kevin, um, 
if this run continues, does that become a point of focus for people? It shouldn't. For me, anyway, uh, I do think when you say there's three hitting coaches, well, there's is that is that one too many? Is that two too many? I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I would be Hunter lying. If, is, I would be lying if I said huh? if I if I said I knew how what the, well, nobody the pecking does. order no, was. No, nobody does, but but I'm sure all three of those have a say. You've seen Dave sitting over there with with George Springer flipping and saying, "Ah, that's exactly what we talked about." You can mm-hmm. see it. I mean, you don't have to read their lips to know what they're saying. Is it too many? Like, is it, you know, can... And we got to say that the Jays aren't the only team that does that. A lot of teams have multiple hitting coaches. Okay, well, again, it gets back to its foul. Fine and dandy when it's working and you got all these guys all working on the same page and everybody's saying the exact same thing, but it's when you're going bad and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. walks up to Hunter Mintz, Hunter Mintz says something, and then you walk up to Guillermo Martinez and Guillermo Martinez says something else. But I got to think... That's a little bit of that. Uh, you, you, you're you never going to get the same answer from all three guys. Now, I know they work hard and not- they all got the same game plans and all these kind of things, but the delivery that I've... When I've been a part of that is always different. You, you, can, you can say it to one guy one way, the same guy standing right beside another guy, they walk away, you walk up and ask them about what they just said, they say it two different ways. That's the thing I'm saying here. Now, I, I'm with you. I'm not in the room. I have no idea. But when it starts going south and you're seeing approaches that they're having, it's a simple thing for me. There's no question. Drew Rasmussen will do the exact same thing today that everybody else does to all the right-handed hitters. Cutter away, slider away. He'll do the two different slider thing. He'll probably do it. Oh, oh, he'll do it with two strikes. He'll elevate the four seamer. He'll show it in to get him out of way. It's the same exact thing over and over again. How do you make the adjustment? Is Guillermo saying the same thing that Dave and Hunter saying? That's the thing you have to ask yourself. And the if the answer to that is, I'm not real sure of that, then, and I can't answer that. Can you? I can't. And I and I I probably no. know I'm probably in tune with that more than most. I just, I just don't I don't really know the answer to that. It is a it is a legitimate question. Now, can you blame this on the hitting coach? Absolutely not. Not for me. Yeah, Guillermo, no, Guillermo's not. not the one going up chasing OO whatever. And you and I guarantee you that at no point are any of those coaches saying, "Hey guys, you know what a good idea is? Go up and chase." Yeah, go up and chase. Let's let's go up yeah, and chase. Try not to get in a hitter's trap. Try not to get in a hitter's. Mm, yeah, we go don't want chase. That. We're much better hitters when we so, don't do that. Yeah, it's so uh, it's very hard for me to blame that, but I will say there has to be a voice, like when it's when it's okay. It's okay for there to be a soft toss guy and a and a. The, you know, I, I'm not real sure what Dave, what that is exactly. Like, that can, for me, be too much. Because if you notice when they go to the plate, what is the approach? Are they th- overthinking it? Or are they, my strength is right down the middle, which is most people. Right. right down the middle. Why would I look for anything other than right down the middle until I have to look for something else? Is that their approaches? You've noticed sometimes they take the one right down the middle and swing at the one that's four inches off the plate. Is that a good approach? Is it because they're looking breaking ball and not looking fastball? Is it too much information? That's the thing you have to ask yourself when it's going the way it's going here. And I say this, and I hate to say it this way. Good hitting teams aren't lasting anything. 
they they're just not not for long periods of time. This is like this is a big sample size now. Six you're weeks. Ta- you're ta- that's a big sample size for you to be twenty points worse than the team ahead of you when you're last. That's bad, Jeff. Like that's not the other. That's bad. The other part of this discussion is always is going to revolve around Dante Bichette as well. Now you know that Dante Bichette was hitting advisor was an advisor special advisor whatever the hell his title was in this <laughs> team he was around to help with the hitting yeah there you go <clears throat> and uh he left his position at the end of the year during the lockout in order we're led to believe that one of the press one of the major reasons was it allowed him to work with Bo and Santiago Espinal and some of the other hitters during the lockout because during the lockout club employees were not allowed <clears throat> to have access to 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 players so clearly, if you're a senior advisor, you know, it would have created an, a, a difficult situation for all concerned. Now, some people thought that Dante Bichette would come back as soon as the lockout was over, uh, you know, regardless of, of, of how it looks. There's no indication that that is, is going to happen. I, uh, frankly, we have no indication, Kevin, and I mean, I'm not going to speak for anybody, but we just we have no indication that... Anybody wants that to happen right now. Think about it. We you just know? talked about there's three hitting coaches. Yeah. You want four? I mean, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, that's and a that's, lot. But, but I know there are people out there. And, and look, we do. Dante Bichette's a good dude. Dante Bichette is, great dude. is just so easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's very open. And he's also got a way of explaining hitting that the layman can understand. And he's Bo's dad. So there's a lot of currency. There's a lot of currency when he talks. And I know there are people out there saying, man, if they could only get Dante back. And I, I, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not putting up or sticking up for anybody here just because I'm not in the room. I don't know who does what. I assume they're all hard workers. I, I assume they, they all want the best for the team. Um, you know, what is it? Brian Burke says the things you have to always accept when you criticize someone is that they have superior, when you're criticizing a sports executive, they have superior knowledge to you and they have good intentions. Mm -hmm. That's clearly the case. Yep. But equally, as you have said, this is a team that is not doing well in several offensive categories and, and, Categories that include things like chasing pitches outside the zone, things things like that. Um, but again, I don't you know, firing firing a hitting coach and firing a pit, pitching coach to me is. I mean, pitching coach might be a different situation, but firing a hitting coach to me just doesn't. It, it, the only way it happens is if. One of the best players in the team goes to the manager, goes to the general manager, saying this dude is screwing up the team. Sure. That's the <clears throat> only way it's going to happen. And sure. I just don't think, I, I don't, I don't think, I just don't think guys are wired that way. So, as, so, as much uh, as they uh, because they have so many different parts of being a hitting coach, you have three different ones. Yeah. How, who do you fire? Whose fault is it? Is it Guillermo Martinez's fault? Is it Hunter Mintz's fault? Is it Dave Hutchins' yeah. fault? Like, who do you pick to blame? Yeah. That's the, I, I know that Guillermo Martinez has the title of hitting coach. Is it his fault or is it, that's why for me, this it, is also, it's the player. Yeah. And like, this is sometimes also, sometimes you got to point the finger at the player. Right now, the players are not getting it done. Yeah. This is also an organization that I think is pretty loyal to people who've been around for a while. They are. For me, though, when you struggle, and I know this when I struggle, you got to simplify this thing as much as possible. And I, I know this is very easy. 
to say, but like if you're facing Drew Rasmussen, the easiest thing you do is how hard does he throw? What's the two strikes? I'm right-handed. What does he throw me with two strikes? How hard does he throw? He throws 95 four-seamer. His two-seamer or his uh, or his cutter is 91 miles an hour. Okay, I got that. How how hard's what's he throw when he gets to two strikes? He'll throw the four-seamer. He'll throw the slider to you. You simplify that as much as possible. You go up there and try to have a quality of bat. We've got tickets to give away for a Friday, May 20th game against the Reds all season long. We are giving away tickets to see the Jays on Blair and Barker, and you can qualify by texting an answer to a trivia question to 590-590, whether you're watching us on TV, listening to us on the radio, or listening via podcast, and we will do that uh, later on in the show. We'll give away a pair of tickets to see the Jays and the Reds at the Rogers Center on Friday, May 20th. June Lee is a staff writer at ESPN. His latest article, Pitchcom, aimed at foiling MLB's would-be science dealers, is mostly winning over the skeptics. Indeed, it is. It's a terrific article. He's a terrific writer. June Lee joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and whenever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It sounds like sort of Santa Monica-ish. No, you don't think so? You don't think like like a Volkswagen Bug convertible with, you're not seeing it, a yellow Volkswagen Bug convertible with surfboards in the back and nah. driving down the road shirtless <laughs> in the California sun, stopping mm. at an In-N-Out Burger. You don't see any of that. No. Okay. Can they hear this music on the podcast, by the way, so they'll know what we're talking about or are they... Lancer, will they? Oh, they can. Good. Because otherwise they just think, what the hell are these two idiots talking no, about? No, they're going to say, what's that? Not, what's those two? We got a couple of Jays tickets to give away uh, to see the Jays and Reds at the Rogers Center on Friday, May 20th. We have a trivia question that is a trivia question of all time trivia questions. Yeah. By the way, we got the wrong answer to... Uh, Yesterday's trivia question. Stay hot. Um, <laughs> let's bring in June Lee. He's a staff writer at ESPN, and uh, he has an article up right now. Pitchcom aimed at foiling MLB's would-be science dealers is mostly winning over the skeptics. It's a terrific look at Pitchcom. Uh, June, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. It's funny because we were talking about this uh, yesterday and how we thought in particular watching Jose Barrios use it, it was almost being turned into a weapon by the Blue Jays and that by speeding up the pace of play or speeding up the decision-making for Jose Barrios, they were making things uncomfortable for the Yankees hitters. And a couple of times we saw Yankees hitters, you know, they were stepping out and they were a little, they were a little chapped. And um, I, so I, it, are, are you surprised, first of all, because I, we found very few people who don't like it, and even the people who don't use it aren't using it more simply because 
they're not comfortable uh, with it as opposed to absolutely detesting it. Are you surprised at how quickly this has been accepted? Yeah, I mean, especially just given the culture of baseball, which, uh, you know, as you guys know, like, it's very slow to adapt and change. To see a technology like this adopted in the way that was and the fact that, you know, it's kind of a little bit forward in terms of how the game has been played for such a long time, uh, I was definitely surprised just to see not just the positive feedback, kind of, but the guys who use it really, really love it for the most part. And, and there's some issues with, with it um, that I think are going to have to be worked out. You know, there was, there was talking to Yankees game master with Jonathan Wiseaga about how the speaker in the, in the hat wasn't loud enough. And you know, that, I think it's going to become a bigger issue once the, the playoffs come around, and there's probably going to need to be some adjustments made there. But all in all, I mean, guys were basically saying that if, you know, I talked to Brad Miller of the, of the Texas Rangers, and he was basically saying as an infielder, if you're not using this as a pitcher, like, what are you doing at this point? There is a definitive competitive advantage, not just for the pitcher, but for the infielders, the outfielders that also have the speakers in their helmets because it just helps them prepare for the pitch and kind of internalize uh, what's coming next. And ironically enough, I think one of the, the biggest uh, – the biggest detractors of PitchCom was Alec Manoa of the, yeah. of the Blue Jays, who basically said that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, baseball hasn't played the entire way the entire time. As, as a young guy, he sounded like a 60-year-old, uh, you know, complaining about uh, how social media is too complicated. or, or uh, And so it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty fun to see the wider range of reactions, but, you know, mostly it was overwhelmingly positive. Jim, flip it on the other side. How about the hitters? Uh, who cares about well, the hitters? Because I, I used to try and do it, and, I, and I, whenever you watch it, just the Blair brought up the Rio's thing, and you could see like Anthony Rizzo didn't like it. Like you could tell he was, he felt rushed. Like he was, he's like, hey, slow down. He's my bat too. You're just not gonna, you know, tell me when I'm gonna swing the bat and all those things. How's the hitters accepted trying to make adjustments to this? Well, I think they, they can't really say too much because the, all of the Yankees are using it too, so they know that they, as a as a team from a pitching perspective, also have this competitive advantage. And I also think that this isn't slowing down. I mean, we're gonna see the pitch clock integrated at some point in the relative near future. And from all the data that's been uh, kind of collected in the minor leagues about the pitch clock, it's really speeding up the game. It's cut down a half hour because guys are not being allowed to step out of the box as much. So, you know, it might be kind of an adjustment period for these hitters, um, but it, it's going to be kind of part of the future of baseball because, I mean, I think the, the league has prioritized speeding up these games to make them shorter in the age of social media. Uh, and, and I, you know, I talked to pitchers. I mean, this, this quote didn't go in the store, but Michael King of the Yankees talked about how he definitely feels like it is a, an advantage for him because, uh, you know, he gets the pitch and he doesn't have to, you know, wait around for his his catcher to put down signs. He knows that before he steps on the mound, it goes into you know the speaker that he hears, on, and then you know he steps on the rubber and he's ready to go and he's ready to kind of throw the pitch with conviction in a way that he he wasn't before um, with just kind of traditional hand signals and so. I think that hitters are going to have to get used to this because this is just the way the game is going. Now, you also answered in this story a question that I've been too embarrassed to ask anybody because <laughs> it's one of those things that people will look at you, especially especially when you're talking to a team that's slumping and things aren't going well and you walk up to them. I got a real off-the-wall question for you. But for those of you who need to know, um, the voice that uh, mm-hmm. that that the the pitcher hears. I mean, it can it can be it can be personalized. I think you, your article, the Philadelphia Phillies, used J, JT Realmuto's voice uh, on on the pitchcom. Uh, we know that the Jays have a generic, just a generic voice. Mm-hmm. And I love Brad Miller said we should get celebrity voices. You know, the Dodgers should get Denzel Washington to do it. But it's um, yeah, it, it's. 
I, I, I really expected there'd be a hell of a lot more pushback. And even though, you know, I understand that the NFL football has used coach to quarterback, uh, coach to defensive, uh, defensive captain communications, and it's gone along fine. I mean, they, every now and then there's a technical issue, but it's, it seems to be handled. Uh, I, I really did suspect, expect more uh, in the way of pushback. And I know that we saw with the Tampa Bay Rays, Kevin, we talked about this the first time they used it in spring training. They're all in. Like Mike Zanino said, I want to do this with everybody. And, boy, that's when it got my attention right away. Like, if the Rays are really big into it, you know almost by default everybody else at some point is going to be doing it. But it is a success story, I think, for baseball. It really is. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of emblematic of the fact that, you know, if, if things are implemented well, baseball is going to be willing to change and adapt. And I think that, you know, as, as stubborn as people around the sport are to change anything, um, I think that this is an instance where, you know, you implement it well, you show teams the tangible benefits that using a technology like this has. And I think on top of that, the competitive advantage that, that it's, it's, it's giving to some of these pitchers as well, uh, I think that guys are going to be willing to adopt it. And I, I also think it's, it's a lesson for, for people around baseball that when change happens, there's, you know, it, it, there's no use in just immediately uh, you know, saying no or downplaying it because it's different from, from what it's been in the past. And so I hope that this is an instance that kind of opens the mind for people around the sport that you know, change can be a good thing especially if it's done well. Okay, don't laugh at me, but when I said this earlier to Jeff, he, he looked at me like like I was crazy and I was nuts, and, and how dare you ever say anything like this. But <laughs> I, but we had Joe West on a couple of weeks ago, and I asked Joe, what, what's the 2022, what's the hardest pitch to call for a ball or a strike? And he obviously said that the breaking ball is the toughest. And you start thinking about pitch com and how many people are using this. Five guys are already using it. The shortstop, the second baseman, center fielder, the pitcher, and the catcher. My thinking was when the show started and we knew you were coming on and I knew we were going to have this conversation, is why don't you have the umpire wear it? At least he knows now that a breaking ball is coming. And Jeff says, no way you could ever do that. You know, they're going to steal it. And oh, know, I you, never you said could, they're going to steal you, you it. Plug in somehow and figure out a way to know that that's coming. Why wouldn't you let the umpire wear one of those and, and, and know that a Jose Barrios is throwing his breaking ball to make it a little easier for that umpire to call ball or strike? I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I've never actually thought about that. But I think it's not a bad idea to have the umpire call just because, like, you know, as long as the speak. The catcher already has a speaker, and from what I've heard from talking to catchers, the batter can hear the speaker. The umpire is further back than the, than the catcher is from the batter. If they have a little speaker in their home and they know a pitch is coming, I think it probably could be helpful in terms of uh, in helping the, you know, the, the umpires call you know, better balls and strike, which I think everyone has been complaining about this year because I think it's been worse this year so far than it has been in the past. Uh, I think that would probably be good for the game overall before, you know, the, the robot umpires take over all of us and uh, take over society. So, yeah, you know, what's going to happen though. You're going to have teams videotaping umpires and they're going to notice that, Oh, Angel Hernandez, when he knows the fast or curve is coming, will will slice down, <laughs> maybe, maybe. slice down more to the right. Uh, you know, there's yeah. some place. The umpires are going to tip the pitches is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, as well as I do that some place at Tropicana uh, yeah. field right now, the Rays have somebody working on that. They would. They've got the ump cam ready to go Leave to it figure to- it out. June, it's a uh, terrific article. Th- thanks so much for doing this, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks for ha- thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Take care, June hey. Lee. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you'd okay. have to. You'd have June to, Lee of ESPN. You'd have to change them probably too, right? For for the umpire, every inning would have to, you know, take that pitch comp from that team. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I, no, maybe, it, I'm, no, listen, maybe it's a shot no, in the dark. No, it's no, too no, hard. No, no. And I'm with you. Even it's, since you, you, since said, you said I that, say I can see an umpire squatting lower on a breaking. <laughs> I'm serious, Leave man. Leave it to an umpire. To, no, I, 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 but I'm with you. I, 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 you know, the idea is not complete lunacy. Um, but yeah, it probably it would probably wouldn't yeah. work. It would, and you don't really need it. You don't really need it if you if you're going to bring in an automated balls and ABS, which to me always sounds like some sort of automatic brake system. But if you're bringing in ABS, you really don't need it anyhow because the strike is going to be called for the umpire. But mm. um, I just found that fight. I love that idea. Like think about it. the Phillies using JT Realmuto's voice, so they actually. Tape recorded JT Realmuto going fastball. There was other, <clears throat> the other one that was funny. Pardon me, Zach Collins, who, boy, the more I hear him talk, the more I kind of like. It, it, there's a little bit going on there. He was interviewed for this article, and he said, "What I would like to see is the buttons customized towards the guy on the mound, so that we can even work a little bit faster." Like he said, right now. The buttons have fastball, slider, curve, change, knuckleball, and splitter. Yeah, well, that, nobody that, throws a knuckleball that, anymore. That costs money. Like you'd have you'd have to have so many. Like you'd have to have fourteen different ones. Yeah, that costs money. Well, but I mean that's that, why. Yeah, I mean it costs more money I, I to, don't know if that, to put buttons and and switch them out. I think and, then you'd have to make sure you had the right one, right? You'd have to have you yeah. have you'd have to add another coach to make sure you. <laughs> I don't throw no. <laughs> you'd have to add another coach to make sure they got the right. Yeah, I thought I had a good idea, and you totally Anyhow. just you totally just bursted my bubble on that good idea by just by saying that the umpire would give it away because I know they would. Hey, I've got <laughs> I know they would. I've got a uh, got another trivia question here to win a couple of tickets to see the Jays and the Reds down at the Rogers Center Friday, May twentieth. Um, we're going to give you a chance to win Jays tickets all season mm. long here in Blair and Barker. All you have to do is text text the correct answer to our daily baseball. Trivia question to 590-590. Yesterday, we asked you a terrific question, by the way. Who holds the Mariners franchise single-season record for runs scored? It was Alex Rodriguez. We had Jeff Passan on. Passan came up with the same answers we did. Mm -hmm. None of them were A-Rod. None of them were A-Rod. It was uh, Ichiro, Ken Griffey Jr., and Edgar Martinez were kind of the three we thought about. But go back and look at Alex's numbers with the Mariners. He was pretty good. Um, today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Reds down at the Rogers Center on Friday, May 20th. I have what I would have had no chance in hell. You could have given me three hours to come up with this answer and I wouldn't do it. I'd go on, you know, I could cheat by going online. But if I was being an honorable person and you said you can't go online, you've got to come up with the answer to this trivia question. No way in hell. No way in hell I'm coming up with this. Today's question to win Jays Reds tickets at the Rogers Center for the Rogers Center on Friday, May 20th, is as follows. Who was the last Reds player to win the World Series MVP? Again, who was the last Reds player to win the World Series MVP? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. We will have more tickets to give away next week. And again, this question, who was the last Reds player to win World Series MVP? 590-590 is the text line. Get the right answer, and you can win tickets to see the Jason Reds down at the Rogers Center. What did I say? No, you didn't say anything. On I was, Friday, May I was, 20th. Just, I was just going back and thinking about that umpire thing. And I, I can just see, like, like Pete Walker running out after he's getting thrown out by somebody and going, you even knew he was coming. <laughs>
Like I can still, I can hear the argument now. It would be even that much worse. <laughs> you missed it. You knew it was coming. You know, it's, it's funny, by the way, that we're having this discussion today because it was September 21st, the last time these teams met. Right, the Rays were the Rays in Toronto after September. I don't think they were. I think the the last time they met in September twenty, the the series that uh, was played in September, September twenty first in Tampa. That was the game where, if you remember, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer took the data card. How can we forget from uh, to to the Rays dugout after Alejandro Kirk's wristband came out during a play in which Kiermeyer was tagged out at the plate. He took it to the Rays dugout. The Rays, of course, and the Rays are honest Tackies folk that they are. crazy. No, they what said, they Kevin Cash said, uh, you know, that, no, we, we were unaware. He was unaware oh, of the situation. Yeah. We didn't we didn't do anything with it. We just took uh, up the photocopier. And, you know, well, of course, nobody uses a photocopier anymore. We took it took, to the city. Um, and then uh, later on, Montoyo told reporters, Charlie Montoyo told reporters that Cash had apologized him before the game. This is interesting because there was uh, an occurrence in, uh, in at Fenway Park this year where I don't know which catcher it was, but the pitchcom thing fell off in a play at the plate, and Alex Cora picked it up and returned it to the dugout, to the Jays' dugout right away. Now, I mean, it's you know, it's, you're not, you're really it have anything written, but on. but that's another example of the security of the thing. Even if you had the damn thing, you're not learning anything from mm-hmm. it, right? Great point. So, anyhow, there you go. Uh, I'm thinking of the Kiermaier thing because I remembered. It was so obvious when he picked it up. It was obvious during the play, and I remember well, watching. Well, I remember watching the game, thinking he's picked up. <clears throat> he's picked up the data the card. The best part was he was like, "Hey, hey, I know, yeah." You could see him in the dugout. Here, look, he's trying it. to give it to a coach, and the coach peeked down at him, was like, like hey! "Lottery, we just won it. <laughs> Hide this, take it back there, Anyhow. to the underground city." <laughs> yeah, it won't happen. Won't happen this time. Won't happen this time. Uh, Mark Budzinski will join us. He's the Jays' uh, first base coach and outfield coach. Uh, he'll be along at 11 o'clock. Brian Anderson, B.A., will join us. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's, Bay Rays TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. We'll talk about the Rays. Uh, I'll, you'll notice Barker hasn't been calling the My Rays this year, uh, only because I didn't pick the Rays to go to the World Series. It's odd. But, um, yeah, Who did you still, pick, the Marlins? No. The Marlins are a National League team, jackass. <laughs> I think I picked the Blue Jays to go to the World Oh boy, the how's that going? Well, I mean, you know, better than anybody who picked. Oh, actually, I think I picked them to face the Braves in the World Series. Anyway, how's that going? Not, that's not going well. I mean, no, I picked Dodgers. Thing. Anyhow. I uh, said, I think I said Dodgers, maybe. Jays. Dodgers. I still and like seven. watching. No, the, uh, look, I, I, I admit, I, I. There's a lot about the Rays I really, I really like. I love watching the Rays play baseball. You roll you your not. eyes all the time. I do. You do not. I love watching the Rays play baseball. <laughs> that, and I like the you trot. You said some things on this show. That's that's I, that tops all of them. I I think they are efficient. Like if you had three games all on at the same time, and you had three TVs. See, I'm well. You had one TV that you could seventy-seven inches. It would depend on the pitcher. That. No, honestly, it would. I, That's the I watch team you're games. picking. Boy. No, I watch games according, like, when I'm not watching a Jays game, I usually watch games according to the pitcher. 
I really do. I watch. First thing I'll do is I'll turn over to the Twins game because the Twins are my team growing up. I'll see what the Twins are doing. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I like watching Max Scherzer games. You know, it's about superstars for me. It's not so much about the team. It's Junior Jr. I like watching. I'll, I'll tell you who I watch. Hot, I like watching that. I like that. I watch a lot. Of, I watch a lot of Marlins games just for the starting pitching because I really, I really like watching their starting pitchers. Like, I really, I love watching Pablo Lopez and I love watching Sandy Alcantara. I there's. They to me they're fun pitchers to watch in much mm. the same way that I loved watching Pedro Martinez. You could give me any baseball player any time in history and tell me and say you have to pick one guy to watch on that particular day. Who would it be? I would pick Pedro. I'd pick a Pedro Martinez yeah, a start one. in a, in a heartbeat. Just because Randy J- Johnson is one of the guys I would watch. Intimidating, throw a bazillion miles. Team wise, though, team wise, one at somebody's head. Team wise here. I mean, I yeah, I I enjoy what I really do enjoy watching the Rays play. I really do. I love watching them play in the post. I really do wish well. baseball did a better job of 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 advertising their superstars, which they do not do a very good job of. Because that's why I watch the games. I I tune in. I'm a baseball fan, obviously, but I tune in because of the Mookie Betts of the world and the Mike Trouts and all the superstars that can do things that other players can't do. I'll, that's why I tune I'll, into. It. I'll tell you one guy out there right now that is moving up my list of must-watch, and that's Bobby Witt Jr. Maybe. He, he, uh, he is. He's right-handed, too. That, that's a, that's, you know, he's got some things to learn. Try and try. It's hard. It's, it's hard to be a young hitter this, this day and age. It's yeah. tough. The I shift. Know. How dare you shift? Anyhow. And then you got the blind people calling balls and strikes. Here comes the surf music. It's tremendous. Surf's up, Barker. Yeah, yeah, you got to be without a shirt and a headband and... Speedos. No, you don't wear Speedos to surf. Jesus. You know? No. God, the no. The players of the world. No. You're jumping up on a Speedos to surf. You'd be losing your boys wearing Speedos to surf. There's no way in hell anybody's. Jesus. <laughs> Picture that, buddy. Mark Budzinski is a Blue Jays, the Blue Jays' first base coach. He's also their defensive coach, their outfield coach. They're playing oh. in the trop tonight, the House of Horrors. Horrors. Mark Budzinski joins us next. Brian Anderson as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.